Welcome to Transforming Education, Leadership Lessons. This podcast is hosted by Northwestern College. We're bringing you thought leaders who are influencing education and the world around them. Each episode provides new leadership lessons so you can learn how to embrace your own influence. Leadership has nothing to do with title or position. That leadership has to do with impact. And the role of a leader isn't to create followers, it's to enable more leaders. Take away leadership qualities that inspire. I think good leaders really get people brought together around a cause and can inspire them to be better than they were yesterday or to do something great. Care about others. We need teachers out there that are caring and compassionate and are interested in the student beyond the discipline that they're teaching. Show people they matter. We don't have a bullying problem. We don't even have a gun problem. We have a mattering problem. By knowing you matter. You matter to yourself first before you can matter to someone else. So further your impact. When you just authentically love your students, I just don't think you can help but grow. Understand your core values. You can tell pretty quickly any core leader, whether or not he or she is there for the mission at hand for the people that they serve or whether they're there for themselves. And align your mission. Everything we do on campus, whether it's someone in the maintenance department or someone teaching in the classroom or to coach, uh, it should tie back to our mission of impacting students for the cause of Christ. Discover how to use your influence to inspire others. That is why the relationships is so critical in everything we do, because when people know you care about them, they know yet they have your best interest, and then it sinks in. Let's welcome our host, Gary Richardson. Thank you, Leslie, and thanks to all of you for listening to Transforming Education Leadership Lessons. There's 899,000 podcasts in the world, and we know that your time's valuable and appreciate you listening to this as we bring in thought partners to inspire and influence your leadership. This is episode 28 and our third in the Legacy Series, focusing on individuals that have served Northwest Iowa with excellence over the years. We will be discussing leadership lessons with Mr. Marty Guthmiller, current CEO of the Orange City Area Health System. Marty is a 1982 alum of Northwestern College and a member of the Northwestern Athletics Hall of Fame. Marty received his master's degree from the University of Colorado at Denver in healthcare administration and management. Marty then worked for Denman and Company as a CPA, followed by four years as a CFO for Sanford Health and Sheldon, and for the past 27 years has served the Orange City Area Health System as CEO. Marty has also been the chairperson of the Iowa Hospital Association and in 2012 was inducted into another Hall of Fame, the Iowa Volunteer Hall of Fame, for his outstanding contribution of volunteer service to the community. Being inducted into the Iowa Volunteer Hall of Fame is the most prestigious state-level honor volunteers can receive. And with that, we welcome to the podcast Mr. Marty Guthmiller. Thanks, Gary. It's great to be with you today. We appreciate you taking time out of your day to do this. And Marty, your background of volunteer work is extensive. You've served on a number of boards over your career. And to me, this just screams out as servant leadership. But I'll let you answer to that. And specifically, I'm wondering what led you on the journey of volunteerism and what specific skill set you feel is necessary to be impactful in this area. Sure. Again, thank you for having me today. It's a pleasure to be with you. Well, there's an axiom or a saying that we've used a lot, and it's rising tide floats all boats. Mm-hmm. And in our situation, being in the health system, that is, the stronger the health system, the stronger the community, the stronger the community, the stronger the health system. 
And so based on that, uh, first of all, we had a board of trustees that believed in that and provided a structure in which I was free to go out there and do that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And so kudos to our board for allowing that to happen. And secondly, it's a belief that investment in your community pays rich dividends. And I think that can be, certainly in this case, it's manifested through the health system and the community, but can really be anywhere. And so that was my foray into volunteerism, basically through Orange City Development Corp and other opportunities. It was a pleasure to be able to do that. When we talked with now Representative-elect Feenstra, He had mentioned something as part of politics I hadn't thought about, but that was that he really is there to serve all people. And as a volunteer, I'm sure it's somewhat difficult to not take the hospital hat off when you're doing the stuff in the community. And having seen the work that you've done here, I just want to commend you for all that and the ability to be objective and to try to meet the needs of all the community. Shifting gears just a bit, Marty, well, this is shifting gears a lot, but (laughs) I'm interested from a healthcare administrator. What's something that leading through the pandemic has done for you that you might not have expected? Yeah, that's a that's a hard question and maybe one that the answer for comes later. You know, interesting. Five mm-hmm. years down the road, you look back and say, "Okay, well, I'm looking at the world differently now because of that." But I don't have that good fortune right now, so I'm going to answer you in the today mode. <laughs> Giving that some thought is probably the reliance on others has increased. There's more of an awareness of the size, the enormity of the pandemic, and the fact that you can't go this alone. And I think the reliance on others has been forced, has been allowed to occur, and in many ways has allowed other leaders within our organization to flourish and to grow and to develop their leadership skills, maybe beyond what they thought was even possible. Sure. So I think that thing right now of kind of forcing that reliance on others is something that we'll benefit from down the road. Sure. Just as a follow-up on the pandemic itself, Marty, are you leadership-wise preparing for the vaccine to alleviate some of the things that have occurred or will occur? Or are we looking at one more round that we have to go through? It's kind of like three, we're going through an overtime game here. Yeah, well, you know, Thanksgiving has proven to be a little bit of a spreader. Sure. Uh, Christmas could be the same thing. Mm -hmm. We're very grateful for the vaccine, but it's going to be a two to three month slog yet to get there. Yeah, sure. So Marty, what's one thing that you're working on right now that might surprise our listeners? I think perhaps that, and again, professionally speaking, and I'll answer that question maybe personally as well, but professionally speaking, we're spending a lot of time thinking out there three to five years at this point. And that might be surprising to some in that they think that every waking moment of the day is spent on COVID. It's not. There was time when it was, but Uh it's, it's not now. And we need to plan three to five years out. We still have a future. There will be life after COVID. And I think that strategic planning is particularly key right now as we look forward. Personally, I think there's, through the pandemic, one thing that I've learned or appreciated more is the what we've called keeping your engine tuned. And the okay. fact the personal wellness, the well-being, you know, through all this, we've learned that, and this is no surprise, but sometimes it takes longer for some of us to learn than others, that a healthy body wards off viruses, Mm -hmm. Uh, whether it's the coronavirus or a regular cold or the flu or whatever, 
generally speaking, the more well you are, the more your body's in tune to fight off things, not everything, but more things. Mm -hmm. And in a situation where you do catch something, your body is stronger to deal with it. And so I think a newfound appreciation for keeping the well, uh, your engine tuned, is something that has come out of this. Have you done anything specific to keep your engine tuned? Well, yeah, um, booking an elk hunt will help that because it does force being in shape. I mean, over the last couple of years, really, and more so the last six months, I've been really focusing on getting in shape and doing things. But I need to maintain that mm -hmm. beyond a specific event or focus. It's consistency that matters, not this revving up the engine and then shutting it off right. and then revving it up. And, right. Because, you know, the older you get, the harder that becomes, too. Yeah. And so I think it's consistency that really wins out in that. We are visiting with Marty Guthmiller, CEO of the Orange City Area Health System, in this episode of Transforming Education Leadership Lessons. Marty, is there one most important thing that you've learned about leadership in your life that would benefit aspiring leaders? One of the things that has struck me throughout my career are those things that I remember they're sometimes odd things. They're sometimes things that you just don't expect. And so one of the things that I would recommend or learn is that always have ears to hear because you never know when something's going to be said that will stick with you for the remainder of your career, the remainder of your life. I mean, I have several examples of that that I could talk about. And one of them is when I was in Sheldon, I was probably 30, 32 years old. I started here in Orange City when I was 34. I went to a Chamber of Commerce function where Lou Holtz, well, not in person, but a video, was talking about the do right philosophy. Uh, do the right thing, do it the best you can, and treat others the way that you yourself would want to be treated. That stuck with me and became kind of my baseline position when I applied for the job at age 34 and throughout. Every employee today that comes through the organization hears the do-right philosophy because in that do-right philosophy, it defines the boundaries to the playing field. Do the right thing, do it the best you can, and treat others the way that you'd want to be treated. Within those boundaries, the players play the game. And that was from a Chamber of Commerce thing on a weekday night in Sheldon. Mm -hmm. If I didn't have ears to hear that night, I would have missed out on a very a valuable lesson. Another quick thing is not necessarily that I heard it, but my first book in graduate school was How to Lie with Statistics. And it has warped me for the rest of my <laughs> life because, you know, whenever you think about it, if you say somebody was three for five, you know, at the plate or three out of the last five at bats, it really means three out of the last six. Because if it was four out of six, they would have said that because that's better, right? So, I mean, by definition, you're always off a little bit. But um, it was a great book to start off my graduate school with. I still have it. It's a little paperback book, but it's just one of those little things. Um, the last thing is an acronym that I picked up at, I think it might have been a Christmas party one time at uh, St. Luke's when we were associated with St. Luke's in Sioux City. And somebody was talking about an acronym that they used, DHB. And I thought, DHB, what's that? And they go, well, decent human beings. And what they were talking about at that point was building your leadership team around DHBs. And we have used that, and, and more specifically in the physician environment, where we have employed this at the Orange City Area Health System, where we're not just hiring physicians. We're hiring DHBs who happen to have a physician license. There's a big difference there. And if you do that within the boundaries of the do-right philosophy, 
you're having the right players playing the right game within the right space. Then as administrator, you just step back and let it happen. Sure. Right? You know, but that provides your core. So you have the right people in the right boundaries, understanding the right motives, and good things typically will happen. It doesn't mean your life's perfect, but it sh- sure increases your odds. That's really good. It reminds me of the way, just the way you said that about we hire decent human beings who happen to have a physician's license is a similar approach that Simon Sinek would have when he just talks about leadership in general is because of this, we just happen to come across this. So that's very good. Uh, Marty, is there one person that has inspired you along the way to a successful career? And if so, uh, what was impactful in that relationship? There are so many people over the course of, of time that, that influence you, and most of them don't even know it. But I guess if I would, you know, would look back over people that have real impact in my life, uh, two people come to mind. Les Dalma is one. In terms of Les's, his demeanor, his approach, the simple example he provides of handwritten notes, his sincerity, his integrity— Les has been a friend over the years, uh, somebody that I've always admired. He's served on our board of trustees. Mm -hmm. Obviously, we worked together when he was mayor, and I really appreciate Les's role in my life. The other person that has influenced me is Coach Larry Corver. You mentioned I was at Northwestern as an athlete. I did play football here. Uh, One of the reasons, quite frankly, I came was because of Coach Corver. Sure. You know, half of the stuff he probably told us wasn't even close to being true, <laughs> but but we believed it. And he set an example. And I think at many levels, leadership traits were developed during my time playing football for Coach Corver. And so I owe him a lot of credit for that as well. Is there one specific thing you remember about Coach that you could share? The last time I read, he was being uh, considered for the National Football Hall of Fame. So it's quite an incredible person. Is there anything you could share in that? Yeah, well, you know, silly thing. Practice didn't begin at 3.30 or 4, whatever it was. It began at 2.30, okay, and that was in his office. Okay, so guys would show up, hang around, talk about stuff a little bit, and that's where the stories would come. He never had to set an alarm in his life. If he said, you need to get up at 5.30, I got up at 5.30. It's like, okay, way to go. I strengthened my ankles by running out in plowed fields in the spring when there was a slight frost on them. So it's like, okay, okay, good. It was just goofy things like that. I remember playing handball with Coach Corver, not before practice, obviously, but up on the stage and how competitive he was in that environment. So a lot of traits were learned, but at the top of that is integrity. You could count on Coach to mean what he said and say what he meant. He's a great guy to play for. Marty, you're one of the more recognizable leaders in our area today. What advice can you give to what would be maybe the next generation of leaders? Yeah, that's an an interesting question. I came across a uh, quote that I've used in the past and rely on a little bit, and it's by the great philosopher Mark Twain. And it goes something like this. If you tell the truth, you don't have to remember anything. And that's very freeing in a way. You know, you don't have to keep track of some story that you made up. It's the truth. It's the way it is. But it points to integrity again. And I think that is key. In addition to that, I think one of the things that I've learned over time is that there are always two sides to every situation, at least two sides to every situation. Trouble can loom when you don't recognize that there may be another side. And uh, sometimes 
people in our position think we need to solve things and fix things. And the school of hard knocks will tell you over time, and I've learned over time that, okay, slow down just a little bit, understand there's another side of this equation, and let's figure that out. And so I think that's one of those things that really drives you is when you understand that maybe the situation wasn't quite as clear as what it appears. And then finally, the last thing with that is who are you when things don't go well? You know, I think it's sort of easy when you're driving a bottom line, your turnover is low, everybody's healthy, there's no pandemic, that life is great, right? Mm -hmm. But what happens when there's a pandemic? What happens when your bottom line isn't there? What happens when you get news that you don't want? I think that's when character shows. It's really important that eyes are on you, and I think you have the opportunity to influence people more during those times than not. Well, I can remember the best advice I got as a uh, public school administrator when dealing with conflict was, which happened every now and then, somebody (laughs) would potentially come in and tell me the story and say, and and that's not very good, and what are you going to do about it? But the response was, no, it doesn't sound very good, but I do need to check out the other side, if that's okay with you. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And normally, things are somewhere in between, as as the famous phrase is, but just that patience. But what you said about we tend to want to fix everything, and I think when we realize that we can't fix everything, but that a lot of times people just want you to know that you gave the effort to try to fix it is maybe the most important thing. And that you care. And that you care about them. That's right. Yeah. So again, we are visiting with Marty Guthmiller, CEO of the Orange City Area Health System, uh, with us today in this podcast about leadership lessons, and we really appreciate Marty's time. And Marty, just throwing this from the hip here a little bit, but if you could interview one person in your field, who might it be and why? You know, there's so much going on in the world today that you really don't know. You just have so many questions. Dr. Fauci comes to mind. Yeah. That pull him aside. I don't even know what his first name is. Let's just say it's Bob. Anthony. There you go. Tony. Tony, yeah. (laughs) Tony, pull up a chair. (laughs) What's the real story? We just don't know today. It appears we don't know who the villains are, who the good guys are. It's hard to tell, right? What's the real story on all this? The vaccine, how things went, what's your story look like uh, along in the last six months, 12 months? That would be fascinating. Just between you and I, what's the story, mm-hmm. Dr. Fauci? I think that would be a really interesting conversation to have. Well, I bet there'll be a book out at some point. I would think so. Yeah. Yes. He seems to get involved in those things somewhat easily. But Marty, what are you curious about right now in the world of healthcare? You know, one of the things is what is the new normal for healthcare? We know that the old normal is gone. It will not return. People say, well, we got to get back to normal. That's not possible. That will not happen. It will be different. I'm very interested in getting to that new normal. You know, before we do, you have questions like, will the vaccine work? How soon will we get it? How many people are going to choose to be vaccinated? Sure. There are a lot of questions even to get to that point before we get to the new normal. But, but again, I think you go back to some of the tenets of how you structure things and you have decent human beings doing the right thing, you're going to adapt to the environment that you find yourself in. I think that's the beauty of that model is that it's adaptable, and you can make course corrections within those boundaries with the decent human beings (laughs) that Mm -hmm. are going to come out okay. 
And one of the benefits of a smaller organization like Orange City Area Health System is, and, and we like to say we're one of the larger, smaller players with about 600 employees, but we can make decisions and act fairly quickly that have some impact on a significant number of people in our community. And I think that's one of the benefits, too, that, that I've realized being in a community the size of Orange City and, and the health system the size of Orange City Area Health System is your ability to make course corrections, your ability to not turn on a dime kind of thing, but not to have to go through some huge bureaucracy to get, get something accomplished. Sure. Marty, is there anything that you're reading or listening to that might interest the people that are listening to this? Well, I hope this is of interest, but <laughs> I am not a big reader, and I'm not particularly proud of that. I'm just not a big reader. But I have been reading through Proverbs lately, and that's why I hope people are interested in the Bible and in Proverbs. But I'm again amazed by the simplicity of the message uh, King Solomon was trying to portray. I mean, okay, as a math major at Northwestern, as a professional accounting person, I like balance, right? I like things to come out mm -hmm. even at the end. And the notion of doing what is right and just and fair really speaks to me. The notion of you know, the simplicity of seeking wisdom and applying common sense yeah. is so simple, and yet humans mess it up all the time. Yeah. And so that struck me as something that hopefully the readers uh, might be, or the listeners might be of interest in. You know, when you're, you're raising kids, you, you say, there's no book on how you do that. And a lot of times, what I've found through the years, it's a little too late, of course, but I'm a slow <laughs> learner anyway, is that really Proverbs and the Bible would, would give you everything you need to provide a good compass and good direction. Of course, it's up to the other person to take that on. But Solomon had a little humor, too. You know, you read some of those things, you just kind of get a smile on your face because yeah. you go, yep, uh, <laughs> been there, you know, exactly. done that, or way to go. Uh, that's a great way to put it. But yeah, it's uh, very appreciated. Yeah. Is there anything I should have asked you that I didn't know enough to ask? <laughs> One of the questions I thought you might ask, and I, I didn't want to answer it, uh, <laughs> was, is leadership learned or is it or is it born? Is it innate? You know, and since I asked my own question, maybe I can answer it. I think the answer to that is yes. I think there is a certain innateness to leadership, but I certainly think you can refine it and grow it. And that's part of the thing like at Northwestern football, okay? there was a little leadership core in there somewhere for me. And I, I think the program pulled some of that out. Mm -hmm. And so, but I think there needs to be a little bit of that planted, properly fertilized and watered. I think it does grow. That's interesting. Sometimes it's the circumstance that brings out the leader. True. And sometimes people just want to be in the lead. But what we both know, I think, is that once you're in that position, the hard work just started. To think that we arrived if we get into a leadership position is wrong. Really, the heavy lifting begins there, even though that you may not do the heavy, heavy lifting. You have to be available and approachable and accessible, and, and all those things take time and investment. I think true leadership is not something that's given. It's, it's something that's earned. Yes. And like you said, different circumstances bring out that, sometimes unexpectedly. It's there. People just didn't know it. And I like to believe that it's really there for everybody to cultivate. You know, it's just the level of which you, you go mm -hmm, at it mm -hmm. and the life circumstances that are presented to you. Yeah, yeah. 
Thanks, Marty, for taking time to be with us today. This is You're really welcome. good. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it being here. Yeah. Well, Leslie, we've had a lot of people on our podcast, and that was really good. Marty just gave us one thing after another to really think about as far as leadership. And so just appreciated his time today to, to come out and visit with us. What did you take from Marty's conversation? He did. And interestingly, he's been impacted from other of our legacy leaders that we've interviewed. So yeah. I love that cycle of influence impacting each other. He really gave us a framework of progress, not perfection, right? That even our last talk about leadership is, mm-hmm. is learned. It's maybe partly innate, a desire to impact others, but having the desire to open your ears and be ready to listen to things that may help you grow. And you never know when that one thing might stick with you and you build your company or you build your leadership team on that idea. I really love that framework of decent human beings, DHB, to build your team around those that have the integrity, that have the character traits, and they just happen to be in the occupation, in the role that you need them to play within those boundaries, the right players, in the right game, at the right time. That model is adaptable when life shifts, as we know it certainly can, especially right now. I thought the DHBs was particularly good. It's pretty simple, but it takes, in my opinion, hard work to do that. To be a decent human being, you have to have integrity and you have to have that moral compass that guides you, but as well as trusting the people that you hire that are decent human beings. Please. So again, as I said before, it just reminded me of something Simon Sinek would say that we hire decent human beings that happen to have a physician's license would go along with that leadership mantra. And then Lou Holtz's do right philosophy was very good too. Yes. Do the right thing, do your best and treat others as you'd want to be treated. A good model, a good mantra for each day, I think, especially as you consider who are you even when when times aren't easy, right? What does it look like when you get that bad news or your true character to shows up? I think that's what we're building in the good and the hard times, for sure. Who are you when things don't go well, I wrote down, because again, easy to say, hard to do, but just thinking about that question is is something that as leaders, if you process that, you know, how are you going to respond when things don't go the way you want them to? And what's the perception? It goes back to one of the conversations I think we had with Jimmy Casas is, is that one of the traits that leaders could use is the ability to have that awareness of what they've said and how it affects others. Right. So you can be a leader and give directions all you want, but the ones that are really good have that awareness of what did I just say and how did they take it and respond to it? So, yeah, that was good. Marty would talk with Dr. Fauci if he had an opportunity. Yes, wouldn't yeah. that be an interesting uh, interview? I would love to sit on that. Yes. And our first recommendation, I think, of a book in the Bible of Proverbs to read, which goes right into the character traits and integrity of doing what's just, fair, and right. Good things to pull from there. Yeah. And we thank Marty Guthmiller for giving of his time and sharing his wisdom as we reflect on leaders that inspire and influence our world. Thanks so much to all of you again for listening to Transforming Education Leadership Lessons. As I said before, you have a lot of options and we appreciate you spending time with us. As a leader, you matter and how you lead matters to a whole bunch of people that you serve on a daily basis. You were created for significance. Again, to uh, Cho and Leslie and Dan, Uh, Mike, for getting all these things taken care of on the technical end. We really appreciate that. Until next time, inspire and influence.